Welcome to The Label Podcast, a show about disability, illness and difference. I'm Lucy. And I'm Alice. Don't forget in this episode, I might swear, Lucy might cry, and you can check out details of the trigger warnings on our website. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of The Label Podcast with me, Alice and Lucy over there. Hello, hello. I very nearly said with me, Lucy and Alice over there, but that's that's not right. <laughs> I'm over here, you're over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know who I am. Yeah. It's fine. It's, well, it's going very well this morning, isn't it, Alice? <laughs> you've, already, we... you've already told me so far that I'm echoing and sound like I'm in the toilet. <laughs> so I've had to take the pop shield off, blow it, and put it back on again, and it seems to be fine. <laughs> and I told you to turn your, your, your volume down because you're shouting in my ears. Yeah, we're, uh, we're glamour. We're... It's, it's super professional here and glamour, yeah, oh yeah. glamorous in particularly <laughs> i'm looking at myself on the camera right now and realizing just how gross and dirty my hair is it is horrific uh, isn't it this whole like podcasting and people <laughs> wanting to see one another is horrific why are you doing it to us stop it and uh, and i have got my dressing gown on because it is freezing yeah um, i think all of our everybody on this podcast today have, is wearing some form of dressing gown like Yes. yes it's yes. the uniform it's, it's it's chilly out there guys mm. um get a cup of tea and enjoy this episode <laughs> mm. uh, it's i think it's it's rather ironic that um i look like i've been dragged through a hedge backwards and i'm still in my pajamas because... i did i did say alice if we just got you up and you were like no i've been i've been awake a while <gasps> yeah like, okay um yeah. it's uh but it's it's ironic considering who our guest is today because uh i stumbled across our guest ages ago years ago um because she is a blind beauty and fashion uh blogger and so uh me here with my disgusting hair and my eyelashes i've got about four eyelashes on one eye really <laughs> doing. there's me uh, with no makeup on my face whatsoever yeah, looking like yeah. i've been dragged through a hedge yeah uh, in so a, in, in our dressing gowns yeah um, welcome emily <laughs> hello <laughs> we've made an effort for you today <laughs> <laughs> well to be fair to be honest though i'm i'm not much better myself um i <laughs> I've, I've i went out this morning to take some photos and the minute i got back in because i went out at six o'clock this morning i was freezing wow. so i'm back in my pajamas because i'm very cold so <laughs> i'm trying to thaw out it's not going very well no, no. get a hot water bottle it'll be fine you'll be all right <laughs> it's um six o'clock in the morning that is commitment to the cause that is yeah well the thing is because i do it during the weekends when my mum my can come and help me take photos i have to do it as and when she can do it and sometimes yeah. it's just easy to go out early and do photos especially if they're ones where you're going somewhere where it could get quite busy because mm. it's just it ruins the aesthetic if it's too busy in a photo yeah yeah. So yeah, sometimes you don't, have to, yeah you don't want to have to magic raise people out of the background do you like get rid no, of that person and that person and it's the bane of my life <laughs> yeah i can imagine i can imagine uh, you know, I mean, I started off, when I started off 
at work, I started off putting my face on for work, even when I was working from home, like putting my face on. I've always worked from home uh, for, for you know, meetings and stuff. Now, they're, they're always say, oh, Lucy, you're always very glamorous. I'm like, yeah, well, this is my social event of the week. And then <laughs> the pandemic hit and it was just like every man for himself, really. I was like, this is what you're getting now from now on. It's just, I get longer, I get longer in bed. I'm just incredibly lazy, really. Emily, so I, I admire your uh, commitment to getting or putting your face on and going out of the house. Um, it's, yeah, it's um, it's interesting because during the pandemic, uh, my my big thing is that I just I love my eyelash extensions. Mm. Um, as a blind person trying to put mascara on, it's something I find particularly difficult. Um, if I don't poke myself in the eye, I end up just with smudgy black bits just yeah. everywhere, and. Um, it was like going i numerous times found myself on uh, emily's blog just like how do i put blusher on how do i put <laughs> mascara on i don't know what i'm doing um oh, can then... i just say i think that every time i put my face on i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> <laughs> don't know what i'm doing at least um, you can you know like you can use youtube videos and stuff like the well, number of youtube videos i've tried to watch it's like this is how you want to do like a cat eye and i'm like no that was too fast no i didn't get that no. what was that no i Listen, don't know what i'm doing I, can't, I, I i gave up liquid eyeliner way like years ago i can't do it can't do it i can't I, shut I my like eye and and draw it so it's ridiculous it's the, i can't do un, like the underneath bit i can do the top yeah. lash but they, I, I have to use, I, and I can't use pencil pencils. I have to use like those soft pencils. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a whole thing. Emily, basically, <laughs> we just need your help at all times. <laughs> yeah. Can you just come and do um hair and makeup every day, Emily? Yeah. Is that, is that I, an I, option? I, I don't know how good I would be though, because I think it's when you can't see, you kind of have an extra layer of feeling because you're feeling yeah. it on yeah, your yeah. I don't know how effective it would be trying to do someone else's makeup because you're not feeling yeah. the brush on that, your own no yeah skin. that's true yeah, yeah yeah it's not it's not that easy to be honest maybe yeah. you could just shout instruction from the corner <laughs> 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 maybe I don't know we could work we could work on that I'm sure <laughs> Um, so yeah, if, if listeners out there haven't gathered, today we are talking to Emily Davison, also known as uh, Fashion Eye Star, which I love. Uh, uh, and yeah, um, uh, and Emily's going to talk to us today a little bit about um, makeup and fashion, I hope. But also, Emily's been doing a bunch of other really interesting things. Um, one of the things we were talking about just before we came on air was an article that uh, Emily wrote about um, employment, you said, in, in the Metro. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I, I do a lot of freelance work. I'm a freelance writer and journalist at the moment. And I, I journalism is really one of my biggest passions. And I've been writing an opinion column for the Metro on and off. And I wrote an article about employment and I guess kind of the struggles with employment. And it did get quite a lot of attention because... It's funny, I was talking about how over the last few years I've only seemed to have got a lot of interviews because of um, the, the occasions where I don't mention I'm visually impaired and it seems very coincidental that the only times that I decide to experiment and see if I don't mention my disability if I get an interview mm. and on those occasions I have and uh, I wrote an article mm. about it and it garnered quite a lot of attention. Mm. Mm. It's interesting because both Lucy and I work for 
disability related organizations um and so for me you know for the job applications and stuff that i've done recently actually talking about being disabled is a huge part of my application because i was talking about how you know i understand inequality because of my own experiences of disability um and i imagine it was similar for you lucy that you know your passion for accessibility comes from your own personal experiences yeah lived experience but for me it was quite weird the way i got my current job um i'd been i'd been let go by my previous employer not in our horror i've mentioned it before go and find the episode i don't want to talk about it it's traumatic um but i so i'd been let go under very difficult circumstances and i'd been looking for a job um, because you can't hide from my disability, it's a big chunk of metal that just, just sits there going, Hi, I'm here. I'm attached to her. Um, uh, I I didn't necessarily, if I didn't feel the need to, uh, disclose my disability at the application stage because it wasn't necessary. But then when I was called for an interview, you could see the light of enthusiasm go out in their eyes and it just i got to the point where i was like i can't do this anymore and i actually got a job volunteering for the company i now work for and i went to an event to speak on their behalf as a ambassador for the company and the there was like several members of leadership at this event and they kind of looked at one another and were like would she like a job Mm-hmm. Um, and of course I just went yes please so I didn't really get the job I'm in now in the most traditional ways of here's an interview sit down ask some questions I think that's quite often what happens with mm. disabled people though is that because there's so much kind of blockage basically for via those traditional routes it's mm. so often because of who you know or as you say get a volunteering opportunity things like that yeah emily when you sort of so you say you on some occasions you didn't disclose you were disabled in your applications for jobs and things like that for interviews um what happened when you got into the room you know were you offered interviews were you what happened when you got into the room did you did you even manage to get into you know like did you even manage to get to that stage where they were like, oh, come in and have a chat and we'll we'll talk about the role in a bit more detail? What happened after that? Was it kind of like, oh, she's blind, what do we do now kind of thing? Or did they try and fob you off? Because with me, that's what they tried to do. They fob me off of every excuse under the sun. Like, uh, I hadn't got enough transferable skills, which I don't even know what that means. Um, and there was a lot of... Uh, um, uh, when I asked for feedback about my interview, they were like, what? They couldn't really give me an answer. And I just find it fascinating listening to other people about their experiences. Can you tell us a bit about that? Well, I mean, it's been really a whole mixed bag of mm. things, really. You know, I've had... Uh, on my on my, I can count on my hand the amount of, um, you know, interviews that I've, I've had over the last, I'd say, maybe you know four or five years now um and it's been a mixed bag really you know i've had jobs where i've i've got interviews and i've got through to the next stage um and it's maybe it's involved something where i need to do something a bit more visual and i've done it and i've you know to my opinion i've done it 
relatively well, especially mm. because it's got a lot of creative positions mm. I've applied for. Um, I've had, and you know, I've not had a response. I've just not been told either way whether I got the mm. job. But I've also had, the thing is, because it's, it, my disability impacts, as I'm sure you also can relate to Alice, like, because it's a visual disability and they might send you things or they might want you to do something which would require sight, you kind of, you know, sometimes before the interview, you need to be able to say, well, actually, that's not an accessible PDF document or something. And, you know, you sometimes you have to say that you're visually impaired before you'd even get to the interview stage. I find sometimes the conversations fizzled out. Um, But a lot of the time, you know, I just, I apply for jobs, I disclose I'm disabled and I just don't hear anything back. Um, But what really aggravates me when I wrote this article was I I saw so many people commenting well yeah you know you do need you know your uh, your full senses to be able to have a job um you know maybe you should set up your own, yeah you, maybe you should set up set up your own company where you can um you know oh work, my God. do it you know yeah kind of you do need eyes to do a job and you know what? well and, and I could people... I could understand perhaps if it was like I don't know welding or something. Yeah. Do you, want to, do you want to be a welder, Emily? I don't know. My dad uh, was welding and he, and he ended up in A&E with all kinds there of... You, no, there you go. There you go. <laughs> but no, I think if it's a job that does require sight for, for that for safety reasons, then yes, you know, of course it does. Well, I mean, we're not saying that, oh, but I want to be a pilot. You know, I'm like, I want to be a and pilot, I, you know. Yeah, I definitely think as well that disabled people are aware of their own limitations before anybody else you know so they know i'm not going to be suitable for that job well and, you know like, in my... it's like me wanting to become a tree surgeon it's not going to happen <laughs> is it like and my like in in my job you know i have a, a pa who's with me at all times when i'm working like outside of my home i've also got my guide dog with me like Ooh. i'm not I, and, and even still, like when I'm planning to, in my old job, I used to go into hospitals and care homes. Every time I got somewhere, there was a voice in my head going, oh, what if like a patient hands me something I've got to read? Then even even I'm kind of hyper aware that, oh, it's going to be really awkward because I'm going to have to turn to my PA and be like, what does that say? You see, you see. And stuff like that. <laughs> it, it, it's like we are, like Lucy says, we, we know what our limitations are and we are already super like, conscious and sometimes yeah. anxious about it like yeah. we don't need it's, it's joe like public don't, it's like people think we go into it thinking and we can do anything and we don't know what our own yeah. or what's yeah. out there for us and, and i think i think a lot of people think as well that that they have this sort of like stereotype of a disabled person with a chip on their shoulder like some kind of very forthright well i can do anything anybody else can do and it's that's, just not the case is it that's what i was going to say next actually because the, the, the thing is some there was comments people going oh you know just throwing out the d where the discrimination were just expecting to be handed free passes just because you're disabled you know do you want you know equal treatment or do you want special treatment it's like no i want to get interviews i want to actually have people give me constructive yeah. feedback yeah. if they don't want me for a position and i'm not right then you know, as a disabled person, I think employers need to be conscious that disability is still very much not a represented part within a lot of different industries. And it, you know, the stats are still very high, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to disabled people who aren't in work, it's still over half. So it's, it's, it's still a problem. And I think that there needs to be more of a conscious effort to give people who are disabled, who do apply for jobs, who don't get them feedback. Um, you know, because I think people deserve that honesty, in my opinion, especially people who do get, uh, you know, a lot of um, kind of underrepresentation already. Um, 
and I think just that, that whole thing just really kind of irked me because these were the kind of comments I was seeing. I'm thinking, if the, this is how people think about disabled people, no wonder we have so many problems because I think a lot of the time, so many of the issues that I've had when creating content, writing my blog, doing my makeup, taking photos, recording videos on my own, and a lot of the time I, I have help for certain things. You know, I can't exactly film myself wearing a pumpkin head and doing outfits in my apartment with a pumpkin on my own. I have to have someone to help me. But a lot of the time I do stuff on my own. And people just do have this idea that either I'm faking it or that they have this preconception that you can't do X, Y, Z when you can't see. And because mm. I don't fit their idea, that means that I'm, you know, lying and that I'm just a big sham. <laughs> I think we've spoken before as well, haven't we, Alice, about how... Ind being independent that word independent people have a have a very strong idea of what independent it being independent is but actually i think independence is different for everybody so like i can be independent but i still need that level of I think, support i think there I mean? should we we need like a a disabled and non-disabled definition of independence because mm. for disabled people actually being independent means sometimes you need a person there to support and facilitate for you but it doesn't mean there is someone doing all the stuff for you mm. i had a bit of a not a not a full-on like angry cry but i was definitely very angry um when i found out at the end of last week that a uh, request to have a PA on one of my days that I don't usually go into the office um, I found out the night before that they hadn't been able to find anybody and I was really frustrated and it meant I had to cancel some meetings and there was an event I couldn't go to and um, and I said to my husband I was like I'm really the part of the reason I'm angry about this is because I'm just really frustrated that if yeah. I wasn't blind, I'd just get in my car and go and do it and it wouldn't matter. No, yeah. And it's really frustrating to me that in order to do my job, that some that I need to rely on other people. Mm. And it's like it's not it's not like we sit there and we we want people to do stuff for us at all. It's that we need that support we can't and, physically do it yeah we can't physically do that thing that we need to do but without but, somebody going oh here you go but wherever we can do things on our own we most will. of us make sure that we will most yeah. of us will be like no 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 i'm doing that myself get yeah, out but... of the way <laughs> move <laughs> yeah. i think the thing is if you look at like children you know babies they're completely dependent on their parents to be able to do every single thing whereas you know, a disabled person, they may require help to do, you know, certain things, whether that's help to, you know, get dressed, to go and, you know, read something, to go and find something, to be able to, to physically access something or to be able to mentally comprehend or to be able to kind of interpret or understand something. But, you know, there's other things that they would be able to do themselves. You know, they, they you know, they can think for themselves. They have ideas they have abilities they have creativity they have you know strengths of their own so they're mm. not completely entirely dependent on someone 24 7 they just need help to be able to facilitate certain things that's just beyond their control unfortunately because we don't live in this 
you know, smart reality sci-fi world where, you know, everything is adapted to meet our needs. And the thing is, it's, we don't live in a world like that. We don't live on a, on a planet that has been equipped to meet our needs. And that's just how it unfortunately is at this current point in time. Um, you know, I always say it's funny because if, if you went to a different planet where, say, for instance, all of the aliens were, were, were didn't have any sight, they didn't have any eyes or they, they, they didn't have any, um, you know, limbs or something and they they built it to equip for their needs, the you know, non-disabled people who went to that world would kind of in a way be disabled because perhaps that world would not have been built for them, you know, and built for their needs. So it's kind of yeah. like it's... Of course, your disability is something that's, that that affects you personally. It's it's part of your you know anatomy. But I think sometimes as well, it's the society that we live in, and it's how it adds to it. It kind of adds another layer to mm. it. And I think it's that um, it's so often that kind of um, is the is the expectations of other people, and it particularly for um, I don't know about you Emily but as somebody who is mobile for me so so often the the barriers that I face are people like you say not believing that I need assistance or not or, or making assumptions about what I can and can't do because of my visual impairment not mm. it's not you know like if there's a load of stairs it's awkward for me and the dog but it's not like I physically can't do that it's and so it is those kind of barriers that that disable a lot of disabled people in in ways that I think lots of society don't really realise. You know, they go, Well, there's ramps. You know, we've we've had older people on in the past who have talked about how um how far they think the disabled community have been able to come in the last forty years, uh, because there's drop curbs. <laughs> and you know signal crossings and things like that and you sort of go um but it goes yeah. beep when you cross the road like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and you just sort of go yeah but that's that's only that's only resolving an issue a very specific issue that affects a small part of the disabled community in a very specific way what about all the rest of it yeah i, I think a lot of sort of progression for the disability community needs to be thought of as a holistic like a rounded holistic approach of hang on a minute can everybody do this you know that kind of thing rather than well the the wheelchair people can't can't get across the road um and similar similar i can't say that word that what that, what that word that word i'm trying to say similarly similarly i'm going to practice that um she's not I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> I will struggle with this in the next episode. She'll um, forget. It's like, like, it's like anemone, you know, when like you kind of you get you get stumped on the word anemone. Um, yeah, but it's like Alice saying how you know non-disabled people look at Alice and they don't see the other problems that will will arise because of a visual impairment i get that completely it must be so frustrating for people to see you as a person and go there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with alice there's nothing wrong. oh hang on a minute she's got a guide dog she didn't have that last thursday when i saw her last i didn't realize um but for me as a as a visually you, you can quite clearly see i'm disabled i find the whole 
oh, she's in a wheelchair. Very, very frustrating because it's almost like they go into a blind panic. <laughs> Pardon the pun. Pardon the pun. That's <laughs> Pardon the pun. Um, but yeah, they, they do. They, they're just like this, like they freeze and it's like, huh, um, huh, huh. Like I'm some sort of alien I, and I can, I can only communicate with uh, sound waves or something. I do. I do think you get that when, when people first clock the dog. Yeah. I, I get the opposite, you know, I just get people like who literally charge, still, people tell me who are with me, people just charge towards <laughs> me as if I'm going to move out the way, oh she's not like blind, she can see me, and then the, the last <laughs> split second they're like, oh no, she's not going to actually get out of my way, and they kind of throw themselves out the way, yeah. like something out of a video game, and people, well, my friends get really incensed, like, oh, she's just not going to move, just move! Like, <laughs> it, yeah, it's a bit like, oh no, that's not a standard dog, it's a service dog. <laughs> like, like, I, I people just say to me, oh, you're tra- are you training that dog? And I get yeah. it all the time, yeah. people just say to me constantly, you're training that dog, what's she doing? Well, the, fir- the first time over? we met, Lucy, yeah. how, we were sitting in the pub for, what, an hour and a half? And I yeah, something three, like that. three separate people went, oh, you trained in the dog. And then one woman said to me, can you look after my bags? And Alice said, is that because they think you're not going to run off with her shopping? <laughs> just like, the, the random things people say. It's just, and I, like, Alice, is all, Alice has always said right from day one, people always say, oh, you trained in the dog. And I was like, oh, yeah. I can imagine that gets frustrated, but I didn't realise just how often an hour and a half, and I think it was like it was. It must have been about four or five people. Oh, you trained the dog? Um, yeah, yeah. And I, think, I think it's because people often. I don't know. I think just because historically there's always been people who are of an older age group. Yeah, I was going to say it's. I think if you're under like forty, forty-five, and you can make eye contact, mm. or like you can control the movement in your eyes, they're like, oh well, they can see. And you're not yeah. wearing you're not wearing dark glasses yeah. or the, yeah the number of like puppy walkers people who are like having the puppies when they're tiny mm-hmm. who I've met who are like older retired couples and like we're out doing fundraising in the summer and people <laughs> think they're the blind people and I'm like no 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 this is my Hello. working dog that <laughs> that dog's six months old you you think that's a you think the the dog that's just standing there urinating freely and barking you think that's a trained guide dog. <laughs> Well, just because the person's got glasses on no 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 i think as well like people have a have a stereotype of disabled people in their head of what they look like and when when you don't look like that stereotypical disabled person like you know i take i i have makeup on my face i'm i i like to think i don't think i'm overly stylish but i i, I know how to put an outfit together let's put it like that and i think a lot of non-disabled people think that disabled people can't like they they we're incapable of putting makeup on our face and looking like we've got ourselves together. Do you know or what I mean? We, it's like, yeah. Or that we wouldn't want to, you know? There's yeah. As well, like, why would you even want to? You know, especially when you can't see. Just the people yeah. go, well, why would you want to? It's like, well, why why wouldn't I want to look nice? Why wouldn't yeah. I want to? you know look nice for for myself you have know. The, co- the confidence that it gives you and the feeling that like like i always if i if i bother to put makeup on like the reason i get <laughs> eyelash extensions is because in the morning i i wash my face i brush my hair i brush my eyelashes and i leave the house <laughs> it's Brilliant. great i don't have to do anything um i do like a very bright lipstick but other yes than you that, do um but yeah so that's your that's your trademark you know how i've got very bright hair 
you've got very bright lipstick. The, the fun, the the fun thing about having a blonde dog now, because my my last guide dog's black Labrador, I'm now a yellow Labrador, is that <laughs> I don't realise, I keep forgetting, and I'll give her a kiss on the head, and then for like, <laughs> like a full two days, she's just got bright pink lipstick on her head, oh, and everybody her. laughs at her. <laughs> I, I went from I went from a blonde to a black dog, and yeah. like my 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 yellow lab, she's got fur all over all of my black clothes, and just because mm-hmm. I I've worked for Lush for the past like you know five years, and I, I have to wear black for my job, so constantly everything was covered in black, yeah. uh, with, like in yellow fur. But now Rosie, because I like to like like have selkie dresses, I've got a few selkie dresses that I've I've saved up and bought, and I've got some very pretty, you know, very kind of more flowy dresses, and there's just mm. loads, there's loads of coarse black fur on my on my my dresses, and it's like oh, I just can never win. No, no. See, yeah. I I'm I wear a lot of black just in my life, and so having a blonde dog is definitely like those days where you go. Yeah, I can wear those jeans again. Those are gone. Can I just say, I haven't got a guide dog, but I have got two bulldogs that live in our house. And I think they know when I'm going to go out of the house because it's like they jump up on my legs, they lick all my lipstick off my mouth, and you're like, can oh, you just... Oh, Lucy, don't let dogs lick your face. I'm sorry, but I can't help it. Oh, oh so don't, my my dog! You, you would not want to let. I literally, she tries to lick my face, and I'm like, no, get off! Like, so she, <laughs> you know where they've been. Sorry, you know where they've been. Uh, yeah, yeah. We have local cats who come into our garden sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they sort of like to use the yeah. flower beds for their own like toileting things, much to our absolute horror. And then, you know, she's kind of looking long and like, hmm, I know where the hors d'oeuvres are. That's what my dad calls me. <laughs> You're going out there to eat some hors d'oeuvres. It's like, oh, dad, don't. You're gross. But yeah, so like, nobody tries to lick me. I'm like, no, you're not licking me. You're not licking me. I'm but not this. I am. I put a pair of socks on today and they're like 50% dog hair, um, which is gross. I mean, really. my house is at least 76% dog hair at any, t- any one time because yeah. we've still got my retired dog Lola. So there's just, just a lot of dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it is, it's that, it's that whole stereotypical thing of, oh, and the amount of people that say, you know, you're so pretty for a disabled person. And I'm like, what is that supposed to mean? You know, just because I can manage to put my face on, thank you very much. But it, you know, <laughs> I, w- I want to say when people say stuff like that to me, I'm like, no, 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 no. You need to spend five minutes on the internet. Like, uh, like Jessica Kellegrin Fozard, she's yeah. beautiful for a no, yeah. person. I am. <laughs> I, I, I have put trousers on today. That is my. That is my success. <laughs> But you know, um, it's, it's like when they go, oh, you know, oh, you don't look blind. That's what they say to me. And then they go, and I say, well, what do you mean? And they say, yeah. oh, it's a compliment. I might say, well, what? No, How no, no. It's a compliment. If it's a compliment for me, it's an insult for other people who who look oh. blind. Like you yeah. think about what you've just said for a minute. Yeah. And sometimes I'd say it, and people would be like, oh, you know, let it go over your head. They're just they're trying to be nice. I'm like, no, but they don't realise it's actually like that's not. And it's a backhanded thing it's, to say. It's yeah. not a nice thing to say. It's, yeah. it's problematic. And it's, 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 I get it. I get it all the time. And exa- it's exactly the same stuff. Is the um, is oh you, you you people get halfway through saying oh you don't look blind and then they catch the look on my face and stop or mm. they go I had I literally when I was using a cane I had I was having a really really horrible time. It was while I was uh, doing my undergrad. And I'd had a huge fight with my boyfriend like the night before and my period was late. And so I was like, great. So it's a Sunday morning. I'm tired and hungover, and I 
couldn't sleep. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go into town on a Sunday morning on my own and get a pregnancy test. And uh, and so I had to use my cane because I was going in on my own. And I never used my cane when I was like before I got guide dog. Um, and this woman, I'm like storming around my local shopping center, just like I, I hate everything. I do not yeah. want to be here. No. This woman stopped me just before I got on the escalator and went, "Oh, I just wanted to say that I think you're really beautiful." And I was like, oh. "Bitch, <laughs> bitch, it's not half today." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "It's half ten on a Sunday morning, and I am hanging. I look like I'm dead." You think this is good? You should see me like when I put effort in. Yeah. So don't don't compliment me. You know, just just because you think I might I might be sad or like like it's like what does she think I don't I don't know what I look like. Like, just, no, I no, know you're no, lying. What? Shut up. Uh, what? What? Okay, when when you don't feel good about yourself and people like say it to you and you just you're not in the mood to like take that compliment. It's like you know if you're just not physically in in that moment wanting to take it and mm. it kind of makes you like oh you know like my head's not been washed you know i've put it up in a bun you know i've got spots because i'm i'm due on or something like that and you're just like oh, go away like i'm not it, it makes it makes you have to like listen. no i'm not because i feel like i've got this this this, yeah. this, and, yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. and it's just like no but then don't tell me i'm beautiful just because <laughs> you feel sorry for me because i'm disabled and people always say to me oh you haven't you've got the most lovely eyes which, which is, thank you very much, that's a lovely compliment. But I also think that sometimes, I think, isn't that what they say to really ugly, <laughs> ugly girls when they can't find anything else to compliment? You've got lovely eyes, it's like calling somebody bubbly. You're like, oh, oh no. To be no. fair, so the first time I showed, I think it was my PA, I showed her um, your picture. And I said, this is who I'm doing a podcast with. Like, all of your Facebook photos, like, your profile pictures are your you smiling with really big, bright eyes. And she, I think her first <laughs> one, oh, look at her eyes. <laughs> Thank you. I think, like, eyes are such a lovely feature, though. And if you they are. And having pretty eyes, I think it's, it's it, well, I think it's one of the, <laughs> I, I think it's one of the nicest things you could get complimented on. Mm. See, I, mean, I, sorry, go on, Emily. No, I was going to say, I mean, for me, it's, it's, it's the hair, because I've got red hair and I curl it. Lots of people, it's, it's people's, always my their first thing to talk about is my hair so that's why i always make an effort with my hair i've been trying to sleep with peatless curls and all that sort of thing. yeah how how are you getting on with those because can i just say they look so uncomfortable to sleep in <laughs> are you hot. sleeping at all <laughs> they're, like, no, they're fine i mean they're, they're honestly there's a knack to sleeping with it you have to make sure that you do them not too near your ear so you have to kind of right. make sure that you're positioning them right so that your ear is being squashed by the by the dressing gown belt that i wrap mm. around them but it's fine once you kind of like get a good position it's fine to sleep i was gonna say it's all that it's all in the positioning otherwise you do wake up with a crick in the neck yes mm. yeah um, um when my when my sister was getting married uh i was her chief bridesmaid obviously and um they i'm pretty sure it was when my sister got married but they put they put my hair in curlers and then put a hairnet over my head, like to stop the. Yeah. I woke up in the morning and I was like, "What the hell has happened to my vision? Not, not today. It was a hairnet falling over my face, and I got into a blight, like panic of, oh no, oh god, um, I can't, I can't see to put my face, my makeup on, um, and it was just a hairnet. So the the relief with, oh, it's all right, I can, it's fine. I'm not. I good. do. I do like, wear I um a silk head wrap at night i do think that that has helped my hair 
like stay healthier and, and not break as much. Um, that is a bit more have, glamorous than a hairnet, though, isn't it? Haven't you, been doing it when it's been like over the summer when it was warm because you just you just get wake up with a sweaty head. And I just think that's not a good look. No. Um, <laughs> yes, the summer was not kind. Like I had to go to a red carpet event on um, the hot. The hot, yeah, the hottest day of the year we had, like, it was like neon 40 days. <coughs> yeah. Well, that, yeah. Just my luck, that was when I was invited to the, the premiere of The Grey Man for, for Netflix, and it was like, oh, wow. Carpet, and I was so excited because I got my friend, but I was like, it's so hot. And I literally had setting spray in my bag. I had like a, I had, like, a powder, but I had to like squish it all in this bag. Luckily, because I didn't have Rosie because it was too hot. Yeah. yeah. So I was all of her bits and pieces in there. So I had to squish it all in there. And then I mean, I got out the cap, I was like trying to like, Catch up my makeup before like I went on there because I was like it's so hot, but it was literally it was like, and I had this like this dress on that had like a bodice and it was really like tight on the top and it was just a big skirt at the bottom. But I was like I can't like I can't give up wearing this dress. It's like it's my no. princess. It's my new selkie princess dress with sunflowers on it. Yeah, yeah. I wore it, but I was so hot. And then literally the minute I and I went, I had to get a train home. And it was like the two of the trains were cancelled. Oh, and man. by the time I got home, I got home into this really warm, humid room. Mm. I had the coldest shower of my life. And then I, <laughs> I, I, still, I still felt like my, my, I felt like my, my internal organs were sweating. It was so hot. And yeah, I got into bed on this hot night. And it was just the worst. And how, did, how did Rosie get on when it was really, really hot? Um, she, I bought her a cooling coat, which she really appreciated. She loved that thing. She wore it a lot. Um, yeah. She pancaked from the floor a lot. I put her cooling mat down. She had a paddling pool. Literally, she's a sport princess. Both of my dogs were, but her especially because she acts like a little toddler. <laughs> I, I kind of caved to her every desire. And um, yeah, she, I, I gave her every eventuality to try, try and keep her cool. I froze mm. peanut butter in her, her licking yeah. mat or everything yeah. I could think of. So... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, with mine, um, Lola in particular, my retired dog, she'd she'd lie down and she'd lie in a patch of sunshine, and I was like, You're gonna be really "What is there. it about a dog that to do that?" <laughs> and she'd be, oh, she'd be, do yeah, like, yeah, panting and panting, and then she'd get up and then she'd move to another patch of sunshine. And I'm like, <laughs> "There is a fan and a cooling mat here." What are you doing? It's like, oh, mum, I'm so hot. Who's going to lie in the sun a bit more? The black gloves, they all do it. And I'm like, you're okay. Yeah. You're going inside. What are you doing? It's got to the point now with our bulldogs that are living at our house because they're my sister's dogs. Um, that we cannot go and sit outside in the sunshine because they just follow you out. So we have to sit inside. Yeah. And I'm like, this is because of you. I can't go outside and enjoy the sunshine. It's hot. I know. It's just, I mean, luckily she gets in the paddling pool and I have to sprinkle some of her dog treats in there. And she'll like, it's like apple bobbing but for dogs. And she'll yes. like stick her head in and like get them out. And that kind of keeps her busy for like all of five minutes. But yeah. it's cool. But I mean, my first dog, Unity, was like it as well, like a proper sun worshipper. But because she was a blonde, like yellow Labrador, it didn't really matter as much. And she would go in the shade if I was near enough to the shade. She liked just watching me when I was in the garden. So if I was in the shade a bit, she'd probably sit next to me in the shade. Whereas Rose is like, I would find the hottest piece of the garden. Yeah. Yeah. And I would yeah. Sit there for all eternity. <laughs> I think, for I think for it's dinner, you're having barbecued dog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because Lola's Dora's much more sensible. Like just generally, she would she would just go and like sensible things like lie in front of the fan or mm -hmm. have a drink. Mm. And then Lola would just literally she was wandering around the living room going, oh, oh, oh it's so hot. <laughs> you see, oh, and I'm, 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 I'm,
are bulldogs. They they well, they won't drink for ages, and then they have a drink, and then they have the biggest drink known to man, and then <laughs> they end up yakking it up somewhere yeah. because they've taken on too much work. You think you absolute Wally? What is wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. Like trying to drown themselves from the inside. Yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. No. The the joy of dogs. They're not. <laughs> I we did a I did a fundraising event with both of my dogs yesterday, and then we got the train home and. Uh, Lola decided that she absolutely had to take a massive crap in the middle of the, like, on the platform at the train station. Oh, God, no. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, thanks, love. This is such a good, and like, like, oh, guide dogs, they're so well trained. And so, <laughs> were well, you wearing the guide dog's outfit, like? I had taken my shirt off. My team, uh, my, my you weren't advertising, like, like, guide dogs. <laughs> Get a guide dog. They crop everywhere. <laughs> I, I tell you, I, I my first guide dog. I have some really embarrassing stories about her toilets and habits. So, the first one was when I first got her, and I'd been invited as a blogger to a local um, fashion show that they were doing to raise money for breast cancer awareness. And I'd been invited as like kind of press, you know, to like blog about it because it was like in my local shopping centre. So I go there, and uh, we were walking along in in the shopping centre, and. When you have a dog, you can tend to feel when they need to go because their walking gets a bit stiffer and they start veering over to the side of the of wherever they are. And I was like, oh, no, Unity, no. Wait, no, can't do it in here. And my mum didn't realise what I meant. She was like, what are you talking about? What's the matter? Is she ill? And I was like, no, oh, she used to go to the toilet. She's like, oh, my God, no, she can't do it in here. And we were frantically looking for the nearest exit, which was not anywhere within the near vicinity. And then she dragged me over to the side of the, like, of, of, the, of one of these shops, which was actually like a fancy Ernest Jones jewelry shop crap on the floor whilst like whilst you've got all these people there and it was right outside the fashion show and literally people were looking <laughs> these boys were like filming it so oh, I don't God. know what that was all about and then I had to like get a bag and my mum like picked it up and she had to put it in the bin and it was next to these two girls eating their Krispy Kreme donuts oh, oh, gross yeah. and I was like oh we've got, we got to go I'm not staying here with my and I said but I've been invited I can't leave it so we had to sit there for this fashion show well like after unity had done this yep. like and people knew that you know she'd yeah. done it it was the most embarrassing yeah, thing yeah. that literally the first time i went out with lola she crapped in the middle of john lewis yeah. oh, <laughs> i mean she's got taste <laughs> if i'm honest well no the only reason because the in uh the local my local shopping center you can cut through john lewis to get to the car park so i was right. walking to the car park we were like we weren't so, going in john lewis i was going to go like get picked up to go home and she was like i like the, the worst thing i don't know about yours um emily but my dogs are like they're super super particular about where they'll go to the toilet until yeah. they're desperate so yeah, yeah. i'll give them like three or four opportunities and they'll be like no no now yeah. now this isn't the right place i couldn't possibly and then 10 minutes mind. later it's like oh no no it's coming it's mm. coming mm. yeah they, 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 they wait too long. Like, Unity was the worst. She was so picky. She's like, no, I don't do that. And she literally, like, she knew that I would let her sniff to find a place to go to the toilet because I was so worried of something yeah. like that happening again. And she, she would, she'd, she really did, like, play me for a, for a fool. She did that dog. She was not stupid. And, you know, she would, she would try and take advantage of that. But yeah, like, but, I mean, Rose is not quite as bad, actually. She does go, like, to a point, but she does like to find, the good spot and she won't do a number one and a number two at the same time she has to do it in two separate places because heaven forbid she'll do it at the same place but unity was just literally the worst like she would not 
do it for love nor money until she got desperate. And then there was another time when I was giving a tour of my university to these new uh, international students and they had an interpreter so they didn't speak much English. Um, and I was giving them a tour and she was so desperate that she decided to do a poo in the middle of the hallway and they literally were staring like eyes absolutely agog at this dog having done it. I felt in my pocket and I realised I'd left the poo bags in my in my oh, in, in my no. bag like, oh. in, the, in, the, yeah. in the tent for the whole open day where all the all of our staff stuff yeah. was. So I had to say to the interpreter, I'm gonna quickly run back, go and get a bag. So I had to leave all these students and this interpreter with this big steaming. Can you just stand there and watch this so I've nowhere to come back to as well? Yeah, oh. and, they, and I ran up and got it got one came back but by that time my other people other students knew about it and all my colleagues knew about it and it went round and everyone was like taking the absolute like mick uh, out of it and it was so bad it was honestly like it's, you got me into some really embarrassing scrapes that dog yeah i um uh, quite recently had to go to my doctors and uh we've got a spot on route to the doctor but uh, i'm like okay dora this is your toilet opportunity because there is a bin there so let's let's do this and she was like, no, mum, I'm fine. Don't need to go. Absolutely fine. Don't worry about it. Not like four minutes later. She's like, mum, I have to take the world's biggest <laughs> shit in the middle of the pavement. <laughs> and then there's no bin between no. there and Ma- my GP. You happen to carry it around like some bloody weird handbag. Like, <laughs> I'm, 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 just, I'm just kind of holding on to it. And then I got to, I got to my GPs and I was like, there's, I have not walked past a bin. But I had walked past one of those like electrical meter boxes. So I was like, right. I've got to go in for my doctor's appointment. So I'm going to put this here. And if it's still there when I come back, I'll pick it up and keep looking for a bin. <laughs> 20 minutes well, later, I came back and there is still, unsurprisingly, a bag of poo on top of it. Of course the there is, yeah. Um, it's a bit, when we, when I was a kid and we used to go and walk the dog uh, down the canal, my mum would always carry a poo bag just in case. And when the dog had done his business, my mum because she couldn't carry it and push me at the same time so she would hang it on the back of my wheelchair until we got home and yeah. i'm like what is that smell yeah it's saying that um but like i i love having a guide dog but i imagine in a lot of ways it's like being a parent of a toddler where i'm yes. so aware of someone else's like toileting routine yes just i'm yes. just constantly like when did you last go to the toilet when did you last but, go to the but i suppose that at least a toddler can tell you yeah uh, so I, I i went you know i've been but it's, also, it's acceptable to like you know if, if, a, if a toddler has an accident like it's not like going to be on the floor no, or something, no it's you know, not is it yeah. and it's not going to stink the place out is it necessarily yeah. you know yeah, no the the coolest thing that the last <laughs> pet dog that we had he he told you when he needed to go to the toilet because he'd walk in a circle like, really? Yeah, off the lead, on the lead, he you knew. And it was just like you knew that, that gate you gave you like a minute or so to get to, yeah, open the door to find open the stuff, door. get open the back door, whatever you need to yeah. do. It was amazing. <laughs> no, I like like people are always like, guide dogs are so well trained. I'm like, Yes, they're very well trained, but it, you you would expect that one of the things they teach like guide dogs is, you know, not surprise poo, but no. <laughs> yeah, you would build that into their routine of going in a circle like wandering around in a circle when they need the loo before they go to the loo it was I mean, great because are, you could talk though but i think it's just like i don't i don't know it's just dogs just they get into routine and they just kind of like they they know that i think they know if they get you that like desperate they can get away with like getting some more sniffs in there or something yeah they? and i think that's one of the things that must be really hard for 
the trainers is like my life is nothing like the circumstances that you know my dogs were like lived in and, and trained in before no. they came to me you know like no. on a, when i go into the office like the dogs get fed and go to the toilet and then you know we sit in a car for 45 minutes and then we sit in the office and she doesn't go out again until lunchtime and then mm -hmm. we walk into the city center and it's like if that that's way too interesting she's not i'm not stopping for a poo here when there's stuff i could be sniffing and things i could be eating off the floor yeah <laughs> yeah so you know it te tends to get to sort of 10 to 4 and dora's got her like nose as close to my face as she possibly can to be like mom can we go home now please <laughs> i need to go to the toilet yeah. <laughs> no i um it's a like i since doing this podcast with you as i lo love learning about guide dogs and how it all works and stuff because before i didn't know i didn't know anything really what i did know was very very little and and now i know you i know all about guide dogs and stuff like that you know, i feel like an awful horror story <laughs> <laughs> i feel like an aficionado on guide dogs and i think it could be my special subject on mastermind i think that is top allyship though if i do say so myself <laughs> And you make you feel guilty, like, I need to know everything about your wheelchair manufacturer now. Yeah. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> no, no, it's a bit boring as well, if I'm honest. Um, we did, uh, the, the event I did yesterday was um, where, I don't know if you how much, like, involvement you do with guide dogs fundraising and stuff, Emily, but it was one where we went and sat in a university, like, student union, and the students pay, like, the cost of a pint to get and come and fuss a bunch of dogs for 15 minutes. Okay. Um, and the dogs love it. Like my dogs in particular. Lola kept getting really jealous when people were talking to Dora instead of her. She was literally on the other side of the room just barking at people. <laughs> they were talking to Dora and not her. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, but so many people were. I was. I, bless them. I couldn't help but laugh. Like a bunch of these students were like, "Oh, does your dog know any tricks?" And I was like, "I mean, she's guide dog. Like, <laughs> herself." Yeah. I was like, my, my my dog my dog knows her left from right. Like I know I know adults that don't know that. So I mean to be fair, one of them. Can wave. I taught her how to wave. Yeah, I was gonna say the best mine can do is I've I've got paw and I get touch, which is where they put their nose in the palm of my hand. Um, and my husband did teach Lola find Alice. So when I am in the house, she comes to find me, and then that's make... so cute. It is cute. I have to make a big fuss of her, but. The, the, the key that you're missing from this kind of story is that the reason I am not with Lola is because I've gone away for five minutes apiece. <laughs> and so when he's like, find Alice, I'm like, oh, good, you're here. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite funny. <laughs> that is quite funny. Emily, um, can I talk to you about your makeup and all that kind of thing? And because and, I, again, that's another thing I find fascinating. When Alice was telling me about you, I was like, that is amazing. Like, how did you get into makeup and, and fashion and all that kind of thing? Was it something that you've always really enjoyed or is it something that you stumbled across? Because I mean, when I was younger, like preteen, I'm talking about, I was never really that into makeup. And then my mom went, do you want to try a bit of makeup? And I was like, yes, please. And then open the floodgates and now my mum's like stop buying makeup um, <laughs> how how did you get in into you know makeup and fashion and all that kind of thing kind of similar story to you actually to be honest yeah. i mean like my i was more like 
uh, into, you know, going on like water sporting and wearing my dungarees and like playing with toy tools and like, you know, playing water fights as a kid. Mm. So I wasn't really into dresses and makeup. And, and I mean, I guess when I was like very young, I loved my princess dresses and stuff. Um, yeah. And then when I got to sort of like my teens, kind of pre-teens, like I, I did get into makeup because my mum was a makeup artist for Clinique and she was really into makeup because that was part of her job and she used to come back with loads of big bags from the train with makeup and little samples and I used to love it and I think I just uh, I, I it was a kind of a natural thing really it was a gravitational thing towards it because I saw my mum doing it it was you know something that I wanted to take an interest in myself and then she taught me how to do my own makeup and stuff and that was one of the big perks really because you know everyone says how do you do it and it's honestly because I had someone who was a professional makeup yeah. artist so it, helps, it? Yeah. <laughs> it really helps um so yeah no I got into it through that and I think just I've always liked clothes and you know buying stuff and I like dresses and you know colorful things and nice fabrics and I, I think it when I got to sort of my you know my late teens kind of as I was about to start university I was very independent because I had my guide dog and I was out all the time and People would just say to me, oh, you don't look blind or, you know, you just dress really well for, you know, blind person. I, I, I wouldn't have thought that. And I wanted to start a blog on it because it was a really big thing for me. I was like, why do people think that? And a lot of other people who couldn't see said, yeah, it's quite common. We get it as well. So mm. I just decided that, well, maybe I could start a blog and it might kind of help unite people. And um, I did. And then I started other social platforms and I still do it now. But. I think it was for me it was just I had an interest in it I really enjoyed doing it I like beauty I like makeup my dream is to become a beauty journalist that's what I would long to do is what I'm mm. trying to work towards at the moment mm-hmm. um, so it's I, I enjoy it I really do and what would you say was like the easiest makeup trick that you you learned you know which was the first one that you thought oh this is this is easy I can do this till the cows come home because there are like some application processes for makeup is so difficult you're like i can't do this my hands have cramped up and i I need 20 minutes to calm myself down (laughs) what for you was the most easiest thing that you thought once you cracked it you were like oh yeah this is easy i can do this probably foundation to be honest Mm. foundations are really simple things to do you don't really need sight to do that if you if you yeah i think if you use a good foundation if you use like a liquid or a serum foundation i think sometimes cream Foundation's yeah. a bit more difficult, but if you use a foundation that works for you, I think that's probably the easiest thing to do. Yeah. What do you, What would you say is the most difficult thing? Uh, putting on false eyelashes, which is one of my favourite things, but it's I honestly hate doing it so much, so I have to get up my mum because it's my my foot my my nystagmus means my eyes shake too much, so I'm just like. I try doing it myself for the first 10 minutes and then I'm like, man, can't do it. It's one of the, it's one of the things that's really hard to feel because of that. Yeah. Like, glued. So like with a lot of touch stuff, like you can kind of, what I tend to do is kind of go right. I want to put it near where I need to be. And then I'm just going to slowly move it until it's where it needs to be. Yeah. yeah. But with yeah. something like eyelashes that got glue on them, you put it near where it's supposed to be. And then you're like, oh no, that's well, halfway it, up my eyelid. And it's I look, a foreign like, body, isn't it? Really person. as well. Yeah. It's a foreign body. So you're not, you're trying to like make something, feel something that doesn't actually belong. Yeah. You know. And also, and also, it's like glue. If you get it in your eyes, it's not very mm. good for you, you know. And it's it's you've got to, you, it's very time intensive because if the glue is too like wet or if it's not like if it's not kind of gone tacky, 
yeah. you know they'll either it won't, you, they won't stay or they won't stick and it's it's a it's a kind of a finite process so i mean you can actually get pre pre-glued one which kind of they're sticky yes. so they don't dry so you constantly feel like you've got solid tape stuck to your eyelashes and i tried them for a while and i was like oh this is not very pleasant have you like tried this. the magnetic ones yet no my friend literally was saying about this on our group chat the other day and might like she said, I can't believe there's such a thing. Like, I'm really shook by it. And I, on, I've i not tried them yet, but I I, I feel like I should. My, it, my mother-in-law I... used to have, same as me, individual extensions all the time. And she obviously didn't take care of them. And now all of her eyelashes are basically, like, real eyelashes have fallen out and are not growing back. So okay. she's tried, she's trying the magnetic ones. And she loves them. She's like, they're awesome. Can so... I just say, like, I've tried false eyelashes once. Um... And I didn't really like how it made me look. That's probably the type of shape and style of the eyelashes. But also, it's a faff. It, and, but this was like back in the early 2000s. So technology is not was not the same as it is now. But also, taking them off looks horrific to me. Like pulling <laughs> out your eyes to pull your eyelashes. I'm like, but I can't do it. No, it makes I, me feel I a bit funny. With every set of eyes, like... <laughs> sort of um strip lashes that i've ever tried it's not you don't have to worry about taking them off because by the time you're ready to hanging off yeah no, no yeah. i tell you what when i when i i put them on once and i went to go and see warhols um the play and yeah. literally I, I i knew what was going to happen so i read <laughs> a lot of books anyway but i went in there and watched it and by the end i was like Bleh! I was crying. I was I'm proper proper crying, like ugly crying. And uh, my eyelashes were kind of falling off. And there was this young boy sat next to me, and he turned around and saw these eyelashes falling off. And he, and my mum said, he the look of repulsion on his face. Was <laughs> <laughs> I think I think my, the problem when I tried false eyelashes, like I said, I've only done it once, was the fact that I it was a fancy dress party, and I it was a sixties fancy dress party. I was going as Twiggy, and I'd flattened my hair down, like greased my hair down and put these false eyelashes on basically i look like what hitler would look like if they were a drag queen i was like this is not a good look babes is it so i went got very drunk it was all all right because i still couldn't care what i look like um, it, it is yeah. it's the thing that i do think like i'm very privileged um to have like a good job because i do I just pay someone to put individual yeah. lashes on. I just yeah. pay someone to do all my waxing and dyeing my hair and stuff like that because I, doing I, it myself, it's just just asking for trouble. Yeah. I, there's certain things I will pay for because like you can't beat having someone like tint and fred your own like brows and stuff mm. like that. But I am, I, I you know I am a Grinch, so there's certain things <laughs> I will like. I'm a Scrooge. I will do it. I'll try and do it myself. Yeah. You know, and I've I've done I've done many weird things like myself. I mean, I am very good at doing my own fake tan. That's one thing I am good at doing. And I had the worst disaster ever because someone did my fake tan once, but they didn't have the right colour for me. Instead of saying to me, oh, honestly, no. Emily, we've got uh, you know we haven't got the colour. They just wanted to make some money off me, so they used a darker shade. Right. The next day, I woke up and I was like a gingerbread man. Honestly, <laughs> I looked like I, I looked like I was and the worst thing was that I was supposed to be presenting a fashion show. Oh no. I did everything I could to get rid of it. I tried rubbing lemons on my skin. I tried using tan deactivator wipes. I tried scrubs. Nothing would come off. So in the end, I had to 
It's like, I can't come due to extenuating in circumstances. <laughs> like, I look oh. like a what's-it. <laughs> but I was like, they're going to think, cause, oh, this poor <laughs> blind girl can't even do her own thing. Yeah. Oh, and I'm like, I can't go. <laughs> I, I'm fortunate oh. that uh, I've always been a bit of the kind of like, Goffy emo persuasion, so I'm the opposite. I'm like, no, you keep the tan away from you me. See, like, I'll take a natural tan, yeah. But the rest of my time, I spend my time trying to pale myself up. So. I um, I would like a fake tan, however, I can't stand up at all or laid at all. Mm. And even doing that at home with the creams and stuff, could you imagine the mess? I'm just, like, I'm just, I mean, your, your mum would have to get her own fake tan every time you got fake tan because she'd she have to hold you up so that they like, could do one side and then turn around and hold you like up. Ross, like Ross, like Ross in France, yeah, exactly. like, in, like one Mississippi. Your, um, your mum would just end up with like four shots in the face. There, there is so much stuff that my mum is like, no, you're not having that. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> like, can, can you just like, can you like rub some body lotion? No, I'm not doing that. It's like painting the fourth bridge. No, like, no, um, no bikini waxes for Lucy. Nah, nah. <laughs> if you if you want that, you're gonna have to go somewhere else. Yeah, I'm not doing. But I I would love a fake tan, and I can't have one because I can't stand up. And my I think I think you could have. I don't. I'm not too sure, but I think there's like ones that you can um like. They're not sunbeds, but you kind of they're ones that you lie down in, or you can sit down in, and they right. They spray you. I know the It sounds, uh, Emily, that sounds like a sheep dip, if I'm honest. <laughs> like, <laughs> just put me in a sheep dip. I was just thinking you, they need to fill like a bathtub. Yeah, a sheep dip. <laughs> you know, they would come out looking like me, though. I was like, I look like <laughs> that in the battle, but take 10 and it's dark. Emily, if I try it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in touch with you and, and send you some photographs so that you can see and oh, you'll possibly laugh at me. Orange oh, face honestly, I, I can assure you that try rubbing your skin with lemons or like, you know, <laughs> it doesn't work. My skin was red raw and I had to go to university. Oh my And in the end, God. I had to be like, for some of it, I just, I couldn't go in. I was like, this is too embarrassing. I got my friends to like, note take. I said, I've, I can't come in because I've had this fake tennis last And they literally were roaring with laughter. <laughs> but I was my... like, I literally, I went back, I was fuming. I said, I literally, you've cost me, you've cost me money, you've cost, you've, you know, you've, I've missed out on university, yeah, just because of you, or because you're just like, you were insistent that you wanted too much fake town, you said, oh no, it will look fine, you know, <laughs> colour, but it's just fine, and I blame my mum, I said to my mum, and you agreed with her, it was your fault, because <laughs> you can't blame everybody you else, yeah, it's like, hell, you can't, you know, you've got to have it done, like, I blame everyone else, but in my mind, it was everyone else's fault. We, um, when I turned 18, I had a, a sleeveless dress. I wouldn't wear sleeveless dress now, but I was 18 and a lot skinnier. So I had the sleeveless dress, but I have a t-shirt tan where, where my sleeves sit when I'm pushing myself. I get a t-shirt tan, like a really obvious. And mum's like, it's fine, we'll just fake tan your shoulders and your back, like round the back. So I was like, okay. Well, that was a mistake because it was one of these, like, the, it was one of the lotions that you put on, like, the day before and it develops overnight. Yeah. And my mum hadn't thread the bottle and she went, she was rubbing it in. She was like, it's not doing anything. It's not doing anything. She drew an L on my back because she was like, it's not doing anything. And then in the, <laughs> in the morning I woke up with this massive, great big L on my back. And she just, I was like, what is that? She was like, oh no. <laughs> I was like, Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> you 
Here's Lucy. You could have into some like you could have added some like like face paint and made it like into some cute body art. Yeah, no, but you couldn't really. I look like a learner driver. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, and that doesn't because do you get as a, as a wheelchair user? Do you get people have that joke? You know, like oh yeah, oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it doesn't help, does it? But oh yeah, my friend saw it. He was like, "What's on your back?" I was like, "Don't ask." <laughs> Let's, let's not talk about it. Yeah, let's, let's not. Let's move on, shall we, please? Yeah, but um, my mo my mother, <laughs> she is not a very good beautician, bless her. She tries, but she's still very good at it, bless her. Yeah, I think that's part of my, like, and part of the reason why I sort of found Emily is because my mum, like, she used to put makeup on and, like, wear really fancy suits for work, but then she uh, like other than other than that my mum just doesn't give a shit she just she's just like no i would rather be sitting down i don't care um, <laughs> yeah. and like and so that is very much the attitude that i grew up with and so when i can remember being 14 and like i was going to a party or something i was like can you do my makeup for me please mum?" and i got a little bit of eyeshadow and a little bit of mascara and she went there you go and i was like like everybody else in my class is like full on, full face of makeup, like yeah. spray the whole thing, and I'm looking all recognisable. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just there, like my mum did my my eyes a little bit. <laughs> um, so for me, like when I started getting into wanting to wear makeup and stuff, yeah, uh, I had no idea what I was doing, and it was just kind of a well, let's stick this on and see what happens. But also because my sight had deteriorated to a certain degree it was definitely a stick this on see what happens but yeah. actually i can't see what happens so i'll stick this on and then <laughs> four hours later somebody will say to me why have you got blue all under your eyes oh it's yeah like, oh yeah that, Thanks, I, thank I, you. I still have that mistake though even now and like things when i was growing up i wanted to really like i used to get those Barry M pigments that you used to do. <gasps> no, oh, I, I love them. I had every, I had every single colour. Yeah, I did as well, and I lo I loved them, and I used to put them on, and my mum was like, "Oh my god, no, you can't those are like terrible." That. Yeah, they, terrible. You were like, I, "Don't I, breathe." <laughs> I remember once doing what, like, I was about to, I was going out with my husband. We were going for dinner with some friends, and I was like, "Right, I want one. I want to put one of those on. It's like super sparkly purple glitter." Yeah, yeah, and uh, and. Dave went, oh, do you want do you want me to help with that? And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> put put I put a little bit on the thing in the on the applicator and like sort of handed in the pot on the applicator. And then he pulled the pot, put the, the applicator out of the pot, and so, yeah, obviously seen his mum do this blue on it. Yeah, everywhere. Everywhere. All over my face. All over the <laughs> oh, everywhere. No. And that's the worst thing you could because like, with any pigment, it's like like you know, you have to mix it with like some some like solution or water. Yeah, like, yeah. Mixing solution, you know, you can dampen the brush. Mm. You can't you can't move? You can't breathe? You actually just like dab, dab, dab. Hold dab. your breath. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't uh, do foundation before you've done it either. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. I um I've recently started using an uh, uh, eyeshadow primer, and it's the best thing I've ever bought in my life because I just do my eyes and it doesn't move, and I'm like. This is because this is, you're usually like it falls and I'm wiping it. I'm wiping my foundation off because nobody told me that actually, if you do your eyes first, it's quite helpful because you can wipe everything off if you make a mess. And I'd look like I'd been in a fight if I wasn't. Can I give us particularly if I do like purple or like a dark color? I'd look like I'd like had 
Yeah, got punched in the face. Yeah, purple's a really hard colour. I mean, my mum yeah. always says use it as an accent on the on the outer corner on of the your outside. eye. Yeah, um, and you know, don't use anything too um, don't use anything too cool toned. It's more the plums are easier. Yes, um, but, absolutely. Know, it's really hard. Like if I use purple or red, she says only use it on the outer corner, not the inner corner, because it can make you look like you've got bloodshot eyes. You know, it's just like, but she's got this this these pads where you know you can like. Out, like you know, do your makeup on like a, on like, as an artist. Yeah, yeah, uh, like yeah. design it before yeah. you put it on your actual face. Yeah, yeah. But she gets these brainwaves. She's like, let's do some funky eye makeup, and like she sometimes she's more enthusiastic than me, and she sits down and, like like has a go, and I'm like, oh my god, she's like, let's is do she it. like, is she like, can I borrow your face, Emily, please? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, she's very artistic, or she's like. You know, the whole thing on my Instagram called Pumpkin Girl, where I, I she, like, I wear a pumpkin, a carved pumpkin on my on my head, and I literally walk around like in different outfits for it, and it was her idea, and she desperately wanted me to do it, and I was like, oh no, I'm not doing that, mum, and she said, please do it, like trust me, it's so cute, it's really fun. I did it, and literally, <laughs> I went viral, and I was like, wow, I'm trusting your judgment, but literally the amount of people like who were stopping, staring, taking photos, like amazing watching me there was this one guy and he got out of, he physically stopped his car because i was like <laughs> putting a pretend letter in the post box and like you know pretending like to take some pictures and stuff like that outside the post box and he stopped the car in the middle of greenwich got out and he went can i ask what's this for and like, it's for instagram it's like what we were, it's in, an instagram photo and he said oh my god i need to get out more and then now there was this like guy in the van going down the road and he kind of wound down his window and looked and slowed and the guy who was like interrogating us went, "Yeah, it's not something you see every day, is it?" And literally, people <laughs> were just like, "There's a pumpkin walking around Greenwich," and everyone was just like taking photos. But I was kind of getting a bit precious. I'm like, "Hang on, this is these are my photos, like this yeah, is God. my pumpkin." <laughs> <laughs> you feel like saying, "No photos, please, please, no photos, I'm not today." Pay five pounds per photo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that's what I would do. And, uh, and will the pumpkin be making a re-emergence? It is nearly spoopy season. Yes, we've just got to find the right size of pumpkin. Because I tell you the mistake that other people make with their pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> right? They, it's so small and they have to put it on their head. And they, they all go, oh, I've got a headache. Get a massive pumpkin. <laughs> get it on your shoulders. And then the shoulders take all the weight. don't have to worry about getting sore head. There you go. Alice, why does this sound like something I would do? I just, uh, <laughs> I, I'm just thinking about what kind of accompanying outfits you can get for Rosie. Oh, I, I'm sorting her. I'm getting her back. I was just saying, <gasps> oh, I know, wow. That dog. And we so my, anyway. oh, my husband, amazing. for my husband and his mates for stag do's every year, mm. um, whenever they do it or whenever they have a stag, they dress the, it, it, it's, it's kind of problematic really, but they dress the guys up as a female character from something. Right. And uh, David, for his stag, went as Daenerys from Game of Thrones. Right. And he still got the full outfit. And then we were in Pets at Home last Halloween, Halloween before, and they've got little whip, like dragon's wings. Oh. And I was like, fuck it, I know what I'm doing this year. And my cat is certainly, <laughs> so my cat, his name is not Bumpkin, but we call him Bumpkin. Um, and he would—he's quite round. He'd look brilliant in a pumpkin costume. Amazing. The pumpkin. So I think. I don't that's... think my cat would want to be dressed up. I don't oh think... no! Yeah. I, he'll, he will hate me for it, but I'm doing it for the gram this year. <laughs> I, I, um, I, 
when I do fancy dress, I, I try and incorporate my chair wherever possible. So I went to the last fancy dress party we had at our house was a Greece themed party. And I mean, Grease the movie, not Grease the substance you get, like, once you finish cooking. Um, obviously. Um, I just realised how stupid that was. Um, anyway, I went as Sandy from Grease. And I was like, yeah, but how am I going to, how do I get the, ch how do I get, how do I incorporate? So I basically made, like, a cardboard cutout of Grease Lightning and zip clipped it to my wheelchair with like, oh, bits of velcro i looked amazing i had working headlights and everything it was brilliant um and then uh my friend is uh, talking about us going to comic con just to like go and see what's kicking off and he was like because i've been before but i didn't dress up and he was like but um i think my mum's was like i think this year we should dress you up and i was like was, she was like well what could you go as and I was like, Elliot and E.T. And she was like, how are you going to do Elliot and E.T.? I was like, what you do is, you wear a hoodie, right? Put the hood up. Then zip clip a wash basket to the front of my wheelchair. Build some handlebars out of cardboard onto it. And put a little E.T. figure inside the wash basket. So I'm going as Elliot from E.T. with E.T. in the bike. Oh, That's my mum would have so much fun with you. Because she loves doing it. She loves making yeah. She literally has a field day. She'd be like, yeah. she'd be like she'd be, uh, my mum would like never stop. Like, which she's decorated our garden for Halloween. She's made, we've got an archway in front of our little pumpkins and like mm -hmm. eaves on it and everything. Yeah. And honestly, she just, she goes nuts for it. So she'd, uh, she'd have some great ideas. I think, I think I want to go with Zoltar for one, where I can wear like a, you know, one of those turbans that you dry your hair with wear one of them just put a cardboard box around me that says zoltar across the top and like give out fortune telling cards like, all <laughs> evening really you could go you could go as a like you could do like um one of the scooby gang in the mystery i mystery. could yeah velma i look like I velma with my glasses on velma yeah yeah you've got there a you go. jumper i've got i've got lots of jumpers i was saying to emily earlier how my obsession with jumpers is ridiculous so yes velma Zoltar and Elliot from ET. That's it. We've got the next three years ticked off for you. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I my plan is to just focus all attention away from me and onto the dogs. So Dora's yeah. gonna have to be Marilyn Monroe, I think. <laughs> um. She is a la she is a very ladylike though, isn't mm. she, Dora? So yeah, she could she could yeah. pass that off. Quite the platinum blonde, so mm, absolutely. Mm. I'll, give her, I'll give her a big kiss while I'm wearing some red lipstick. So she's yeah, do that. Yeah, well. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Round <Rather> smush. <laughs> Emily, this has been really fun. Thank you for coming on uh, the show. We've really enjoyed chatting to you. Uh, if, do you want to tell our listeners where they can find you on the internet? Oh, yes. So you can find me on my blog, which is fashionister.com. And for anyone who doesn't know how to spell it, it's like fashion and then E-Y-E is -E, in I sta.com uh, and I'm also on Twitter under at Davison M. I'm on Instagram under Fashionista2012. I'm also on TikTok under at uh, It's Fashionista and I'm also on Facebook under Fashionista as well. So, Amazing. oh, and I have YouTube as well. I forgot that one. <laughs> You're oh, everywhere. You're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, this has been absolutely fantastic. Please, uh, please, if you ever want to come back, you're more than welcome. It's been absolutely 
great after great afternoon uh, sitting and chatting to you about makeup and fashion and everything so it's been really 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 cool thank you so much for joining us oh thank you for having me um gang if you've enjoyed this episode you know the drill rate review subscribe tell your friends um and donate to our gofundme because uh you know otherwise we won't have any money we lucy lucy needs some money for makeup (laughs) (laughs) that is not what we spend no i'm joking i'm joking Oh my god, I'm joking. I was gonna say she makes me cross when she makes fun of the importance of our fundraiser. Sorry. Uh we will see you guys all next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the label podcast. If you like the show, you can rate, review, and subscribe, and you can follow us on social media at labeled pod. This episode was edited by Adam Hall. Our music was by Maisie Crunden and we'd like to thank the rest of the team involved.